podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco Boys. Boys, the boys are back, folks, and I am excited for this. If this was the old school when MySpace was still a thing, Shahan would be our number one top best friend in the world. But this man may be in the top five, if not the top three. He is the host of the single greatest Big 12 sports podcast. They cover all 10 teams in the Big 12 and you change your tagline a little bit, all 10 teams and also Houston, Central Florida, BYU, and oh God, who am I missing? Cincinnati. I had this all written. Wait, who'd I miss? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, of course, the one I'm actually most excited for. I, I actually missed the old tagline, but it is Philip Slavin himself, the head honcho for the entire 1012 network, home of some of my favorite Big 12 podcasts. I want to give a shout out to. Uh, my arch nemesis, Andy, who does the Rock Chalk Pod. And then also I am a sucker for the pop culture segment over at the Raspy Kid Voice, uh, the West Virginia show. So how are you doing? Uh, thank you for taking time out of your workday to talk to me. Um, just how is life, my friend? It's good. I uh, had the birthday party for my two-year-old this weekend. That's, so that's back-to-back three-day weekends. Um, family was in town. It's good. Tired. Uh, it's July. It feels like this is the this is gonna be the first summer where we have a bunch of like stuff to do too, like because of the kids, even though the oldest is only three. So we're already getting into that. So running a podcast and a network and prepping for the upcoming season, which you know really starts in June. It's a lot going on. It's it's a busy time, but we're good. We're good. Yeah, and, and again, you know, I, I like to think I'm a very hardworking person in the podcast space. I decided I was going to test my levels of burnout doing at least one show every weekday starting in July and going through football season, but you doing everything with your entire network, the flagship show and you as a dad, like I I just need to bow down to you because I think I've met my match when it comes to like the hardest working guy in the, you know, unaffiliated fan podcast, because again, you're a little bit more buttoned up professional than I am, but at your core, you're still a fan. Yeah, I try. Uh, I don't always succeed, and sometimes I have to force it, which means I don't. I'm not always, you know. I gotta, I gotta come in with opinions. I'm not sure I always 100% believe, but I gotta keep the fan and me kind of tampered down. Sometimes, you know, it's the scene in, in Looney Tunes where, uh, like, Bugs Bunny's—they're trying to shove somebody down into a box or a hole, and they're just hopping up and down. I'm, that's me to my fanboy every once in a while, just like, shut up, get back down, stay, keep it to yourself, and keep it in the DMs. So. Yeah, and see, and that that's kind of what happens when you you have to run an entire network and a flagship show talking about all the schools. So I'm impressed. I could never do it, but I wanted to get you on to talk about the Big 12. But before we do, and this was a massive announcement and a massive thing for our show and for K-State fans. Home field has K-State gear. It is dropping on Saturday in their latest drop in their big news Saturday. It's going to actually be at 11 a.m. here in God's time zone. 
I've seen the collection. I think based on what I heard you say on yours, you've seen the collection. There are, I think there's three or four shirts that might risk selling out. I don't know if Homefield has enough purple shirts for a couple of these designs. I think they there's a risk for selling out. And I know you have your own promo code. I'm going to actually, I'm going to pimp my out since it's my show. Bosco's yeah. Boys, no all caps, no spaces for 15% off. I have the thick six shirt from Homefield, which was their shirt they did with uh, Mike Golick Jr. of a big fat dude scoring a touchdown, wearing 57. That was my number in uh, high school. I absolutely love it. It is the most comfortable shirt in the world. I can't wait to get mine from Casey. It's going to be my new game day staple. And I, I just got to ask you, because you have maybe one of the biggest home field collections out there, because they've been a partner of the 10-12 forever. How great are their fleeces? Because I also have the home field brand, uh, branded fleece sweatshirt. It is the most comfortable thing in the world. Um, well, I would love to tell you how comfortable the sweaters are. Uh, alas, my wife stole my uh, Kansas oh, sw sweater. Okay, so, so sweater. See, I, I said fleece. I, I think of that as the... The sweatshirt, but yeah, it's uh, the sweatshirt. Sweat, yeah. I forget. Sweatshirt is in is is less formal. Sweater is more formal. Uh, I we do have a Kansas sweatshirt. Uh, my wife confiscated it. It's very comfortable. Oh, I don't no. get it back. I'm not a big sweatshirt guy, to be Ooh. honest. Like I'm not. It's not my thing. Um, so I'm not like heartbroken not to look at there. It's very comfortable. It's got the like. It's really soft inside. I'm not a big sweatshirt guy. I've never oh, really been. I am. They're all too bad. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm a. I'm a skinny guy and sweatshirts always felt baggy on me and so i never enjoyed the like big bag and then they like they they I just, i'm i'll wear i will wear full zips like hoodies and jackets and things all winter long that's fine that's all i need full zip not i don't love quarter zip i want i want a full zip i want it's just, just i do i'm weird well, there you go i think luckily i think there will be a hoodie option for k-state as well so you can get that everyone Check them out, Bosco's Boys, for 15% off on your first order, and you're going to be wanting more than just one. Uh, let's jump into the big news and kind of what we're prepping for, and that's Big 12 Media Day. I mistakenly had it wrong when I recorded my Monday episode, thinking it was going to start up on Tuesday, so I had to scramble. I'm like, okay, it's threw off my scheduling, shame on me, but that this allows me to talk to you, which I've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, the Big 12 preseason poll and the all-conference all teams were released last week. And this is a K-State-centric show. So the big news really was that first day when we saw the teams, K-State having more players on it than anyone else. First, I know you submitted your ballot, even though I, it sounds like you will not be in Arlington. Uh, which K-Staters did you have on there besides Deuce Vaughn being one of only two uh, consensus unanimous picks for the uh, preseason all-team? And were you surprised to see K-State have six more than any other school on that team? Uh, so, yeah, our plan was to be there. Um, that was the original goal. Uh, alas, had a kid, and, uh, and, and we're just not ready to leave the wife at home with, with three kids by herself just yet. Um, you know, three, three and under is a lot. So, especially so you when get you, your you oldest one credentialed. Yeah. I, I mean, she's she, probably smarter than some of the folks that'll be there. And that's the last shot I'll take at the traditional media. <laughs> um, so the plan was, so we did get to fill out the, the ballot and send it in. So it counts. Our vote counts. Um, I had, I had six from Kansas state on my ballot. Deuce Vaughn, uh, Cooper Beebe, Malik Knowles, uh, Felix Anadike Uzoma. If I got that wrong. That's good. Felix Anadike Uzama. That's okay. better than most. Good job. Um, uh, the U throws me off. 
you know, uh, Daniel Green and uh, and Julius Brent. So I'm, all my Kansas State picks, I believe, are all the same ones who actually made the list. Correct. My ballot wasn't vastly different than everybody else's, um, or from what ended up being on there, which I don't think is terribly surprising. Um, but I had six, and I don't think I had anyone else that had that many as well. And I didn't even realize I'd put that many uh, on my ballot. But that's just those those were the guys that all should be on there, um, either because they're some of the best players coming back. We're really excited about them, um, and I, and I am. <clears throat> We talked about this on 1012 on Monday's episode with, with Andy. It's weird to me that there's a, almost a disconnect between the preseason team and the poll. And I understand like six players is a small amount of what's actually required to take the field every Saturday. And I don't just mean from starters and starters and backups and, and, and to compete. But if you're getting the most players on an all-conference team, you would think that that team who, who led everyone even if it's only by one or two, would be decently highly ranked as opposed to Kansas State, who I think was fifth. I got to pull it up. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was it was fifth. And then one of the more kind of puzzling things is it was fifth and five teams got number one votes in case it was not one of them. Correct. Um, I do think it speaks to just how wide open the conference is. And like the Kansas State didn't get one. It does feel a little bit like everyone who did has made the Big 12 title game since it came back, right? And I, I'm, I'm sure the Iowa State pick was somebody who covers Iowa State. I'm sure the two Texas Actually, I know who it is. Oh. Okay. Josh Pate at 247. Pate State? Josh Pate? Yeah. Did he really do it or did he just claim that he did it? Well, okay, so I, I – that is true. Maybe he didn't, but he has on his daily show. And then when it came out, he sure wants people to think he had a ballot and he was the one who did it. Okay. I'll, I'm very curious about that. Um, okay. The two Texas first place votes wouldn't shock me if they were Texas media. Like Some of this gets a little bit biased when you start getting, it's why I made the joke of like Oklahoma and Texas are both going to be there on, on Thursday. So the stadium will be at its fullest on Thursday because they bring the most media, both those two schools do individually. Um, I've, I've lost the train of thought here a little bit, but like, I do think this conference is so wide open. Preseason polls are silly. All conference teams are going to be heavily based upon what we remember from the season past less than projecting forward. Although I had a few players on here that I think I was kind of projecting for, like um, I put, I'll put my team out on, on Instagram and Twitter this week. Um, but like I had Orion Vance linebacker from Iowa state. I know he was a little disappointing last year. I, I kind of think he's going to, he'll, he'll take a step forward this year for Iowa state. And I think he ends the season as a potential all big 12 linebacker. And not to say too many good things right. about Iowa state, the way they have their defense, their stack defense set up, that really does allow for that lead linebacker for Iowa State to really put up great stats. So mm-hmm. I actually think if you're going to try to project something out there, that's a great pick. Yeah. So I think the, I think all of this, because I know Kansas State had the most, and then what was it? Texas had five. It, it was all pretty close. I know Kansas State had the most, but it wasn't Kansas State dominated everybody else with the number of players they had. But back to the original point, I do think it's interesting that there is such a disconnect between the all-conference team and how teams are ranked, right? It's just, it's so interesting to me that that's, that's what happens 
where the team with the most players is preseason ranked number five, which I know we look at like one to five and we create this, this distance in our mind for how far apart those teams are. I don't think that distance this year is as far as it has been in past years when we put Oklahoma number one over every year because they always made it to the conference title game and they won the conference every year. And so OU felt like a dominant number one heading into every season. And then there was some teams that we felt kind of interesting about. I think the, the gap between one and, and five is really close this year. Something I would love to see, and I wish they would release this, is I wonder how close Deuce Vaughn was to Bijan as being the offensive player of the year uh, preseason, because they are the only two who were, you know, unanimous picks. And then you do have Felix who gets that honor uh, on defense. Again, he led the big 12 in sacks and forced fumbles. I think he was the national leader in forced fumbles last year. So it all makes sense. Um, Last thing on the teams that I will kind of ask about, and this, this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Oklahoma, I believe their only pick is the punter, and they end up, I, I think it was three in the poll, right, behind uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State? Uh, two. Oh, two. So they, okay, so preseason pick there. It, it goes with your disconnect. Do you think it comes down to, okay, maybe they don't have, or at least the perception is maybe they don't have all the stars that they would have, but still the years of recruiting and then also the belief of Brent Venables kind of taking the brainchild of working for Bill Snyder, Bob Soups, and Dabo Sweeney is going to let him hit the ground running because that is something that was a little bit surprising for me, especially with the trend in modern football, not just in college, but in the pros of offensive first, offensive minded. I do find that uh, them being that high at two uh, was a little surprising to me. So um, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I put OU number one in mine um, ahead of Baylor. Now I had Kansas State third. I'm, I'm very high on, on Kansas State this year. Um, they are, we, you know, we had, you mentioned Shahan. We had him on the show last week on the Tinto podcast talking about the four teams that hadn't made the big 12 title game since it came back and which one has the best chance to keep the streak of a new team reaching it every year. I think Kansas state has a really good chance this year. That's why I put KSA third. My whole lined up with things a little bit better. I also had three Oklahoma players on my, my team, not just one. Um, with Oklahoma, we put so much focus on the coaching change and what they lost. But I think they, they brought back more than people realize. It wasn't a wholesale change to the coaching staff. There are quite a few holdovers, including your offensive line coach, including Kale Gundy, who's been there forever, right? Um, obviously, there's going to be changes. You're going to try and change the culture of that program and go in a very different direction. We have a first-time head coach. So you would expect some potential hiccups. Like if you told me, oh, OU goes eight and four, nine and three this year, it wouldn't shock me. If you told me they win the big 12 this year, it wouldn't shock me because that even with all the players they lost, that is a very talented roster. And one of the reasons Oklahoma has been able to consistently make the big 12 title game every year and was really close to doing it last year is they're able to overcome things that other schools in the big 12 aren't able to because of the level of talent they have, along with what we expect with the coaching, and everything else. Obviously Texas has a ton of talent. They're just never able to do much with it. Oklahoma has had the, the, the full recipe available to them to be able to over, overcome the challenges that other teams aren't able to because of OU's talent level and that they do it recruiting. So you know, what's on the roster, 
Yes, you have a new coaching staff. Yes, you brought in a new quarterback, but oh, by the way, that quarterback knows the offensive coordinator and his system very, very well. So he will be able to not only come in and run it, but come in and help acclimate the rest of the roster to it. I think there's enough there for Oklahoma. And if this was a season where Baylor was bringing back as much this year as Iowa State did last year from the year before, you would feel like they were a more dominant first place team. It's an it, Baylor is the easy, supposed to be number one choice. And that's who I really thought I would put there. And I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But I have a lot with what Baylor lost as well. So you come into a season where the Big 12 really does feel as wide open as it can be. You're going to kind of fall back on, on what you know. And even with the changes at Oklahoma, there's so much familiarity within that program and with the guy coming to take over between the OC and the new quarterback that I, I don't, it wouldn't shock me if they went eight and four, nine and three. It also, like I said, wouldn't shock me if they won the conference because I think it's just going to be a weird year. So because you have to rank them one through 10, as opposed to grouping them in, in, in little groups, as I would prefer to do and say, here's my tier one, here's my tier two, here's my tier three, because you have to rank them. Like we said, the difference between one and five, I don't think is as massive as we usually think it is in most years. So yeah, I put OU one. Yeah. OU's two, despite the number of players, but I also don't think that, that having the most players on the first team, because what happens if we go to second team, how many players does Oklahoma have, right? How Probably many does Kansas State. How many players does Kansas State have? If, if we went through first and second team, if they published second team and we totaled those number of players between teams together, I think OU and Kansas State probably out up with a similar number of players. And that depth matters. So oh, one, maybe 100%. Kansas State has a few starters that are significantly better than what, that are better than what Oklahoma is bringing in, but it's not like the guy... You know, it's not like we could go here and say, okay, well, you know, these offensive linemen and defensive linemen from Oklahoma are, are all distant fifth and sixth and seventh. They might just be right behind them. They could have been the fourth guy off the list. And it's interesting to me that even, um, I'm going to say Uzoma again. Yeah, no, I mean, that, he that's wasn't, close he, enough. He wasn't unanimous. Xavier Brandon. Worthy, like he wasn't a unanimous pick. Yeah, Xavier correct. Worthy wasn't a unanimous pick. Siaki Ika wasn't a unanimous pick. Like some of it's crazy to me that only Deuce Vaughn and B. John Robinson were the only unanimous picks on this. When there's other guys where I'm like, how, how are they not? Yeah. Who did you, who did you put in and leave? How did you leave him up? How did Dante st- like, again, it's all preseason stuff and it's silly season to the fullest extent, but like it, it, it is interesting to me. And I, and I think if you think about it in the, in a, in a slightly different way, like I get why, the team is set up the way it is and the poll is set up with the way it is, even though when you just put them side by side, it's a little bit weird. Yeah. And we, we talked a lot or at least touched on quite a few of the teams up at the top. What I do want to bring up and you guys talked about on your show. And while I might be in the minority amongst K state fans, I actually, I think I uh, have a bet with someone that KU actually might be favored versus Iowa state in Lawrence early on in the season. KU, not the unanimous pick for last in the conference, which they have been the last two seasons. Um, they're the K-State and in, in-state rival. I, I have an ongoing bet with Andy about, I think I went on his show and I asked him, how many times in the next 20 games do you think KU will beat K-State? And he said eight games. So now he's down to eight in the next 19. Uh, but I think they're really improving. And while it may not show it in that uh, preseason poll with the players or where they were even ranked, do you think this is the year they do get out of the cellar or do you think, Hey, it'll be just a, 
we see the improvement, but they do end up at number 10 this year. I put them 10th. I think they'll finish there. Um, and some of it is like, I, at that point, when you're doing the rankings, it's less about question marks. Cause I, th- I think Texas Tech and Kansas are kind of down there at the nine ten, And I think Texas Tech is going to be interesting and good and going to pull off some upsets. And I feel better about almost Texas Tech being able to go in and using that offense. They're going to throw at everybody with Kitley and pulling off a, an upset or two and wrecking someone's season. Then I do Kansas. And I know that Kansas almost obviously pull upset Texas and almost beat Oklahoma and almost beat TCU and almost beat West Virginia. Like, I think Kansas probably finishes 10th. I would go ahead and put them there. I still think they're another year away, but I really like what Kansas did. We did our transfer portal winners and losers episode. I really like what Kansas did. I think, I don't think anybody improved their roster from where it was in the last season to where it is this year through the transfer portal more than Kansas did. Now you can say other people got in better players. That's fine. But we're talking about your starting point to your end point and how you utilize the transfer portal to get there. I don't think anybody did a better job than Kansas. So I would, I would expect Kansas to be improved this season. You know, to mention the coaching staff actually got a full off season with the team, as opposed to coming in right at the end of spring practice and then not getting to do anything all of all summer. So I think Kansas will be better. If you give me the over under two and a half, I'm hitting the over hard and feeling good about it. But do I see Kansas getting into the four, the five, the six wins? I, I, I can't envision that easily because the reason I like three is I can see two wins and a couple of toss-ups that make me feel comfortable saying they can get to three. If I start throwing into four to five to six wins, which I think is what they would have to do to finish either to finish in ninth place or a West Virginia and Iowa State or Texas Tech would just have to, or TCU, somebody else would have to just completely bottom out and fall past them. And I think we're still at the, somebody has to be worse than Kansas more than the Kansas has improved enough to be better than somebody else point with them. I think we're still a year away from the, from the latter. And we're still in the part where for Kansas not to finish in last place, someone is just going to have to be worse than they are. Yes. Uh, last thing I'll talk about, and, and again, this is maybe a little early, to be doing all this, but again, with my track record of being bad about getting you to come back on, I don't know if I'll get you on again before the football season, but my question to you is this, and I, and I posed a similar one to Shahan when he came on our show. Um, everyone knows my opinion on Matt Campbell and everyone knows how much I like to poke Iowa state fans on Twitter, but what sort of season could Matt Campbell have this year that would maybe start changing the national perception? Again, they lost a ton but here they are with a number one pick. They were at six in the conference. If all of a sudden they go five and seven, do you think that is what it would take for the shine to come off Matt Campbell, whether rightfully or wrongly, uh, you know, if you, again, when we had that show, it was pointed out to me, the history of Iowa state, which I, I like to bring up and Matt Campbell has consistently been seven or eight wins outside of the COVID year where he bumped it up to nine. If he drops down to five, do you think at least the national shine comes off Matt Campbell, and then do you think that would be an overreaction uh, to dropping him in the shine and the star that he is in the conference, seeing that he did have such a a run that Iowa State football has never seen? Because honestly, I think it is very real, not real. I actually, yes, I think it's realistic. I would bet under six and a half for Iowa State. I think they very easily could go five and seven this year, and I think it would be almost an overcorrection on the perception of Matt Campbell. 
I think it's hard to change people's opinion about something that they feel strongly about. And the narrative about Campbell and the net compared to the narrative around Iowa State tells me that even if Iowa State goes five and seven, you could say some shine has fallen off of him, but it's still going to be strong. People are really still going to like Matt Campbell as a head coach for what he did at Toledo and what he has done at Iowa State. They lost so much this season that if you said they went five and seven, okay, people are still going to think he's really good. Now, are we going to cool off on that he's going to be the next head coach at USA, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, insert other massive schools that require to recruit at a level and do some of the things in recruiting that Matt Campbell doesn't want to do? Yeah. My thing with Matt Campbell, <laughs> we keep name dropping Shahan. Everybody take a sh- go back, start over, take a shot every time we mention him. Um, and, and we'll, we'll see you in a He's hours. literally the best there. And, and I, I talked about how you were one of the hardest working people in the podcast world. He is. He, he was on your show. He was on 810 here in Kansas City. He was on another podcast I listened to. And that was all in the course of a week after he was on with us. He's doing his own show. He's doing his own writing. He is the best. He's yeah. the only blue check I respect. I love him. When it comes to Big 12 uh, and national media, him and Max Olsen are pretty much right there. And then I'm, I'm trying to think of other people on the list that I would trust as much as them. Um. I mentioned this is a big year. I think this is a, an important year for Campbell around his narrative because there is a question of which is the true Matt Campbell in Iowa State. Is it 2020 or is it 2021? Because it was essentially the same team two years in a row. And the difference between those two seasons was COVID. Iowa State had what seemed like the least amount of issues as far as players missing games of COVID. So was Iowa State 9-3 and and in the Big 12 title game in 2020 because COVID helped them do so? And so 2021 is really what happens when that team has a normal playing field? Or is it really that that team was really good in 2020 and it was as good as their record said, and 2021 was more the fluke? It was just a fluky season, Right. I think we can kind of figure that. And maybe it's not fair because it's rebuilding, but I use Mike Gundy as a comp. Since Mike Gundy took over at Oklahoma State, he said one losing season, it was year one. They have not had a losing season since. When they have a bad year, a bad, a rebuilding year, reloading a bad year for Oklahoma State is at worst six and six and a bowl win. Because again, no losing record. They, every time they've gone six and six in the regular season, they have won their bowl game. Mike Gundy has not had a losing record for, the court, for a whole season since year one when they come into a year with established quarterback established pieces or expecting a big year they win nine or ten games every year well iowa state came back with everything last year and won seven now they're going through a rebuilding year what are they going to do so for everybody who wants to put matt campbell above oklahoma state or because above mike gundy because he's done it in a school that's got less history of success that's fine he is still the shiny new toy, though I think some of his shines about is being stolen by Dave Aranda. But I do think it is a big year for Matt Campbell and Iowa State because what do you do? All your guys are gone. The guys that you've built the last four or five years with are gone, with the exception of basically Will McDonald and, uh, and Z- well Xavier for, for the last year. What do you do in rebuilding year? Do you just kind of, do you have enough built? Have you built enough on the back end? that you can put pieces in and, and, and just take a slight step back and not a massive one. I'm just, I'm, I'm very 
very interested in Iowa State and Matt Campbell this year. But I am tired of the, like, he's going to get these jobs at Ohio State, Michigan. He doesn't have an agent, so this is just because all these schools want him. They're not hiring Matt Campbell because Matt Campbell's not going to do the things he's got to do to recruit at the level you got to recruit to win the way they want to win at Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State and USC. Uh, uh, sorry, that's just uh, – Matt Campbell's going to be at Iowa State for a long time, partially because he wants to and partially because every other job I can see him actually getting is maybe like an Iowa State with more money, so like Nebraska. Could you imagine – could you imagine Twitter – the day it, it, if that happens could you imagine the bluebird app the day matt campbell head coach of nebraska happens my god my god i'm gonna move on because again you have to cater to it and i love jsj she's my favorite cyclone i don't actually wish that on her or my buddy travis i don't want that for them but for my own no, i don't personal, think he's gonna leave i okay i eventually I, maybe I, eventually but, but okay I, you might be right, but for my own sicko pleasure, you know that, that the meme of the guy like laughing, looking into the window, Matt Campbell to Nebraska would create one of the most entertaining 24 to 48 hours on Twitter in the history of the app. I, I, would, I would hate that for the Iowa State. I would hate that for the Big 12. And frankly, like, Nebraska doesn't deserve Matt Campbell. Well, and he wouldn't succeed at Nebraska. Nebraska, you know, they cursed like a black cat. They broke mirrors on their way out of the Big 12. They're never going to be good again. I, so I, I don't know why anyone would take that job. He, he would have success there because he is a good coach and he could go to Nebraska and recruit well, have more resources to spend and win there. And he would win it, but – I don't think he would go in and suddenly Nebraska is going to win the big 10 and go to the playoff every year. Like I don't think he's going to turn them into that. I think he's a really good coach. I absolutely think he's a good coach. I absolutely think he is a good coach. Okay. Can like anytime you say anything about negative about Matt Campbell, Iowa state fans get mad. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he is a below average coach or anything like that, but I am going to say, I thought Scott Frost was pretty darn good and he, is dead in the water at his alma mater. So now, I the think the difference that, is you can know there's no such thing as a as a perfect hire. There's yeah. no such thing as a that is an A plus hire because Tom Herman and Scott Frost were supposed to be perfect hires and look where we are now. Yeah, no, so. for sure, for sure. Uh, we are going to have to move on because again, Zoom really wants me to pay for them to get to premium. We only have nine minutes left before they kick us off. But I do want to ask you, what will you be looking for when Brett Yormack takes the stage for the first time ever uh, and has his basically introductory press conference on day one, morning one, 830 in Arlington? What do you want to hear from him? And is there anything that he could say that would make you go from whatever you grade the higher to, okay, this is A plus, I'm ready to rock and roll? All right. Uh I'm going to do this for everybody. It's not just you. You're not the first podcast I've gone on to correct. If you are Mark, we got to get used to this. You are Mark, not you are Mac. Uh, My fault. Sorry. No. Hey, I, I, you had to help me with with uh, a Kansas State player whose name I'm going to continue to not Felix and Udike Uzama. And Udike Uzama. Thank you. Okay. Um, but it's your Mark. There's an R there. It's not silent. Um, I don't know what my first question would be, in all honesty. Um, because I, I, I 
The problem is this. There's a lot of questions to ask him. And I don't think you're going to get any real answers because you just don't, I don't expect to. Um, and so like, you have to ask certain questions of him, like well, how, how's the started? What, da, 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 you know, how's it been so far? What did you see about the big 12 that made you want to come and join us and leave your job? Um, where do you see the, fu the future of the conference? Some Texas beat writer will ask something about Texas in particular. Um, yada, 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 yada. I'm, I'm less curious about the non-answers I think he will give. Um, I'm more curious how he talks about them, right? I, it's more the tone than what he's going to say. Because this guy was supposed to start August 1st and literally his, the, the day after he was announced, like you had to get to work. Um, so I am curious. I, I am curious his thoughts on how he transitioned to, college, to, to covering, uh, running a, a college athletic conference, which is not what he's done in the past. He obviously has worked in sports before, but I am, I am curious why, why go to, to college <laughs> after working in the pros and working with, you know, um, Rock Nation for so long. I do think it's going to be funny. And I had this tweet loaded and I don't think I've sent it out yet. Uh, we were at Big 12 Media Days last year. And uh, obviously Bob Bowlesby's final time. And after the last question is asked, he thanks the audience uh, because it was the first time since he got hired that nobody asked about realignment. Um, so that streak is officially over and will now begin anew this year because it's going to be one of the biggest topics of conversation in Big 12 Media Days is what are you guys doing? Are you being aggressive? Yada, 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 yada. Obviously, they're not going to tell us anything because they can't tell us anything. But I, I'm interested for how, in how he talks about things um, because we, there's just not a lot. We don't have a, like a history of, of big press conferences from him to, to go to. So I'm interested to hear him talk. I will be tuned in on ESPN Plus. I'll have it on my, my computer at work with a headphone plugged in. But I I'm not sure there's a question in particular that I'm most interested to hear the answer to. There are some really good panels he's been a part of. So not necessarily press conferences, but a lot of great panels. And, and I'll maybe send them to you if you haven't seen them. He, he did a lot of great work when he first uh, came on with the Nets and the Barclays Center and talking about the move from New Jersey to Brooklyn. So there is some good stuff out there. Again, totally different animal, but I'll be looking forward to it. Final question before I let you plug everything you're doing. If you had to make a guess, one bet on a coach that accidentally goes viral or uh, starts a media commotion on accident, so just says something out of left field, who would you bet on that being? Man, our usual parties are gone. Um, Were you at the first one where Les was there? Yes, I was. That Holy was shit. 2019. I was at 2019. That's the only one I've ever been to, and it was amazing. Um, I was at I've been 2019 and 2021, because obviously we didn't have one in 2020, or I would have been there. Um, I... It's got to be Sark. Because the problem is the personalities at this point, we know are Sark. We know it was Gundy. Um, Aranda is a great conversation, but he's not going to say anything ridiculous. Uh, Matt Campbell and everybody else is either boring or too buttoned up, right? Um, they might say something you're like, uh, I roll, ugh, but there's no less, 
There's no Tom Herman. Um, maybe Venables wants to come in and, 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 and throw some shade. And we saw Riley do that, but I don't, I don't know that there's a big enough personality outside of Gundy and Gary's going like uh, name outside of Gundy. Who's the, who are the personalities now? Like who are the, the big personalities in the big 12 yeah, outside of Gundy. And there that's where you would expect those kinds of things from. So maybe it's one of the new head coaches. Cause we're just not used to them yet. They're going to surprise us. They're going to want to, you know, they're going to be fired up to be there and want to want to really sell Texas tech or TCU or Oklahoma. And so they, they let something slip. Maybe that's what happens. I do think oftentimes when you get something good, it's from a head coach's first time at media days. They want to have a good show. You know, I want to win that press conference. So maybe that's what happens. That's where I would put my money on it. If I had to pick, because even Gundy at this point, like he'll have a personality, but he's smart enough not to say anything too divisive at media days. I would put my money on one of the new coaches. That would make the most sense being their first time. And I, Maybe we should say McGuire. Yeah, I think that's, it's that's too, but like, yeah, I'd say McGuire or 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 Dykes. I'm I'm saying Let's it's McGuire and it's a pot shot at Texas. But <laughs> our time is running out uh, again. My fault for screwing up the premium, so we have to rush this. Um, but where can everyone find you on Twitter and just plug everything that you got going on at the ten twelve? Man, I'm so glad we can make this easy now. Uh, on Twitter is at 1012network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network, 1012network.com. You can find every show on the network. I'm so glad we got the site back up and running. Shouts to our buddy Chris Ross for getting that set up for us. Um, it's easy, just 1012network.com, T-E-N, 12network.com. You can find every show on the network, links to everybody's uh, anchor page. You can find links from there to iTunes, Spotify, however you like to listen. We are 10 shows strong. We are working on growing this summer. The plan remains to add at least one, if not two more shows. Uh, So really excited about that. So 1012network.com, find every show, check every show out. Uh, I love this network and I know I'm biased, but I I really think we put together an incredible collection of of podcasters here. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Again, some of my favorite shows are inside your guys' network. And again, you know, you're in my, my space, top five friends. Maybe I can make some more friends with some folks in your network here soon. We got a minute left. So I'm just going to say it again. Homefield is dropping on Saturday, folks. I've seen the shirts. You're going to want to have your timer set for 11 a.m. right here in God's time zone to get your shirt. Use the promo code Bosco's boys, all caps, no space for 15% off. We'll be going live Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Colorcast. We'll be able to react to Coach Kleiman because he is in day one and Rock Nation. I'm just going to call him Jay-Z Brett instead since I can't get his last name correct. So that's what I'm going to call him. We love you guys. Everyone, make sure you're following Philip. I'll have him in all his socials tag on this episode tweet. Follow that show. Listen to their show. We love you guys, and we'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea. Onward forever, hail victory. Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum.
a fight. UK State Wildcast for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcast for alma mater fight. Fight, fight, fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Podcast Network.